From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. All right, so the first session we spoke about divine heritage. The theme is divine heritage, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. Um, and I said there are many things at least that can be said, but I zeroed in on two main things, which is number one, you have to understand that mom and dad in terms of ministry cannot or can only push you to a point. Hallelujah. Mom and dad, as wonderful as they are, as great as they are, as loving as they are, because of the natural relationship that exists between us and our parents, the spiritual aspect is, is, is difficult to harness. It's difficult to have a child who is your biological child have a, 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 a profound spiritual impact on the child. It's not a simple thing. In some environments, it may not be so difficult. But in our country, it's very difficult. And so, I made that statement to also help you understand that. You need this connection. You need this link. You need somebody who at least you can trust to help you on your spiritual journey. Even Jesus Christ, even Jesus, when he was going to Calvary, Simon of Cyrene came to hold the cross and carry it a little to help him. Even Jesus Christ. I don't know if you read that part of the Bible. Because sometimes people, don't, people look like they don't read Bibles. Do you read your Bible? on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Even Jesus in his purpose on earth he needed a help. This is not Mary. This is not Joseph. This is not the apostles. This is somebody from nowhere like me that you are meeting probably the first time or you've meeting the second time who God is trying to bring into your life to channel you to your Calvary. If we read the Bible a lot of things will make sense. But we don't read our Bibles and we don't understand them. So a lot of things don't make sense. And we judge things from how it appears. Are you with me, Paul? Are you there, Paul? Yeah? So this man came from nowhere. So just in case somebody says, oh, but who is Bishop Collins? Where did he come from? You should say, but you don't read your Bible. If you read your Bible, you understand that somebody has to come from nowhere. Jesus had to come from nowhere to die on the cross to save us from our sins. The same thing happened to John the Baptist. When he started talking to Herod about Herodias, his brother's wife. And he said, no, this is not correct. He was a challenge. This guy is very bold. He's saying things that nobody can say. But God always introduces people into our lives to align us with his purposes. 
You get it. And so, understand, understand. If you don't understand it, you, you, will, you will miss a lot of things. It is not very easy for a doctor to even... Doctors are not even allowed to operate on their relatives. And as we're also trying to bite the lunch, you, also, you were also biting. Chewing the chicken, you were also chewing. We're, we're, we're having fellowship and, you know, I was, I was sharing with Apostle and, and those were there that even our wives, it is not easy to be a pastor to your wife. Because pastors don't have sex with their, their church members. You didn't get it. Should I say it again? Abigail, should I say it again? If your mother is your father's church member, then your father is doing something wrong by having sex with her. (laughs) So, since daddy is having something to do with mommy, it means that mommy is not daddy's church member. Which means that it is not so easy for a man to even pastor his own wife. Because the wife doesn't see you as her pastor. You are her husband. How many understand the simple thing I'm doing? So if you are even a pastor's wife, you can easily be in the church and not be blessed. Because you are in the church as if you and somebody are pastoring the people. You are not a church member. But the wife is also a church member. But it's very difficult. Because it's the wife who is even able to correct the man of God and tell him something that he's doing is not good. Nobody's able to tell him that. Is that how a church member behaves? No, church members don't do that. So I'm saying that from the Bible, the natural man does not understand. He does not receive the things of the Spirit because it is foolishness to him. I don't know how many of you have witnessed mommy and daddy in the bedroom and daddy has anointing oil and he's anointing mommy. In the bedroom, on the bed. Jethro, maybe you've seen that. Every, every Sunday you see that. Ah! Every Sunday, you see mommy and daddy in their pajamas. Or maybe daddy in his pug talk. Praying for mommy with anointing oil in the bedroom. You hear prayers, you say, hey, what happened your father is casting devils out of your mother. How many of you have seen that before? If there's any devil in the house, not in your mother. <laughs> Things don't work like that because the natural man and the spirits, the things of the spirit, they, are, they, they don't mesh. That is why no matter how powerful that is, a certain impact on your life, he will not achieve it. That's why it's good daddy brought you here or daddy encouraged you to come here or even daddy is here with you. That is why it is so critical. So I said, I have children. My two daughters are already living abroad because I, I can't pastor them. No matter how anointed I am. I can pastor. I can pastor her. She, she's a pastor's kid. Her mother is my first secretary. 
and you are my 21st secretary as well. When she had to decide between going to the U.S., she had a green card. She had to decide between going to the U.S. and going to Bible school in Ghana. A green card was expiring. It was herself and her brother. She had to decide between the two. She chose to go to Bible school. Her brother, whether he chose or not, chose to stay with his father. So the brother migrated. She stayed with her mother here and she went to Bible school. About three, three years. Four years. Four years. She came back after four years. Been with me. She was with me all along. And I sent her and her mother to Batica. I don't think it's very easy for me to send my child to go to Batica to go live there. My child would say, Man, daddy, oh, when I want to you, daddy. Man, daddy, me going nowhere. I want to stay with you and mommy. And what, it's true, isn't it? But I told her and her mother to move and go to Batica. And they went, and they are there, forcing, pushing. It's not easy to live in Batica. You can't get a place to have church. It's like if you want to have a church in Batica, you must have been there 25 years ago when there was space to have a church. Now, in Batica, there's no space to have a church. You can't rent us because the rents are, I mean, reasonable. So now we are trying to get a land by ourselves. They've been there for about four or five years. Yeah. About four or five years. They have a small hut with some people under it. It's like they are joking. But you go to Baltic and see if you can do church work. That's what I was telling uh, Jethro in the little interaction. You know, I said, any, so that's their church in Batica. Do you think this is a church? It's a church. Well, you can't see it well there. Yeah. It's a church. Shepherd house is not. Don't you see the banner in the chairs? Well, two or three are gathered uh, in my name. Yeah. You, you, the girl you like, you say it's a relationship, isn't it? That girl, cockroach girl you have, you say it's a relationship, isn't it? Yeah, so, if it's a relationship, this is also a church. <laughs> yeah, that boy who don't give you nothing, who's your boyfriend? He's a relationship. And this is not a church? What do you mean by that? You have human beings sitting. Look, you have human beings sitting down there. Yeah, people with you. More than two. Look at the woman of God. Yeah. They're in Batica. They're trying to get a land now. They will build. But they've been there for about five years. Look at what five years has done. It's not a simple thing. So you can have a lot of knowledge, but if you can't move it into something practical, knowledge, knowledge doesn't make, make any sense. So because she's not my biological daughter, I've been able to move her from Georgetown to go and live in Batica where she doesn't know anybody. It's not easy to do that, isn't it? Yeah, that's her cousin. I'm her father, so she's a ch- pastor's child. She too, when she was a little girl, I sent her to Bible school in Ghana. Her mother went to the bank and collected money from the bank and bought her ticket for her. She said, her mother said, Bishop, this is her only, only child. If God is calling my daughter to ministry, I will support her. So mother bought a ticket for her to go to Ghana. Where's the Bible school? Go to Bible school. She was there for four years. Four years. 
She was, I'm telling you, actually part of the first group that left, what, 2010. They came back 2013. It wasn't here. They went to Kologono. You have Kologono pictures? No, no, she didn't go here. This was the new generation. Uh, if you have KG, we're good. She went to Ghana, came back. Then I sent her and her husband to Suriname. Now, if, if, she goes, if she goes to Suriname with you, you, you get lost. She can move a corner, you get lost. She knows Paramaribo like something. Now, she was also able to move there because we are not biologically related. It is the spiritual religion. Her father could never have asked her to go to Suriname. She would ask her father, okay, why? You don't like me no more? Why should I move to Suriname? You getting rid of me or what? But I was able to have influence on her because it is not a natural or biological relationship. Please, God bless you. And she says she's a pastor's child, so she's also come today. No problem. So that's the first statement I made. That do not be deceived. Mommy and daddy will, can do all kinds of things for you. But when it comes to ministry, you need a Simon of Cyrene. She neither will need me, maybe. To talk girl stuff. <laughs> because as much as I have had in the beginning, I used to have problems even in the church where some parents will say, some parents will be very angry when I tell them about Things about their children. They get vexed, but when they go home, they say, Oh, I thought I was your mother. You're telling the pastor everything. You don't tell me nothing. What kind of relationship do we have? I mean, mother, family is everything. You know, Ghana, how we say it? Family is everything. If family is everything, she would have told you. It's the pastor he came to tell. So I stopped talking to parents about their children when they come and speak to me. I thought I wanted to keep them in the know. I want them to understand so that, at least in the background, in the house, they could also render some support. But it turned out to be negative because they were jealous that they were telling me some private things and they were not telling them the private things. Now me fault. It's anointing. So people see something in you, they, 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 they confide in you than in the home because they know if they say this to mommy, mommy no will agree. Daddy gone row. I'm tired of rowing. So let me tell Bishop and see what you're going to say. You get it? And something beautiful happened. Samuel uh, Spencer, Pastor, Pastor Marlon's son, you know, we just, he came to me. He said, normally on Saturdays, he has a basketball training at 12. So he's asking me whether he should go or he should stay. I think it was very beautiful. So I said, oh, I think you should stay. Because as for basketball, it's here every Saturday. A PK conference is one in July. Me know we have another one. Then he has stayed. <laughs> it's beautiful. Already he has started enjoying my, my directions in his life. <laughs> He's already enjoying it. Yeah, he said, okay, if, if you say I should stay, I'm staying. Because normally Saturday you'll be... Oh, the young people like basketball. My son was trying to do basketball. I said, nah. We'll do Bible ball. Bible ball. 
study scriptures. And that from a child, thou hast, thou hast known the holy scriptures. <laughs> I want to make you wise. <laughs> Amen. So understand that. Daddy have, has to understand. Mommy, they need to understand. It's not something that we understand as parents and as spiritual people. That we think we can have a complete uh, uh, impact on our children. It's not true. I mean, um, one of my, my main Asha, brother George, it's also nice to see him today because he's always, he works all the time. I don't know what he did to come here today. <laughs> he's also a pastor's child, those he has come. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he has a son, his first son, Lloyd Jr. He just left the other day go, to go back to Letham. When these guys find girls in a church and they like them, it's me they talk to. Before their parents get to know, we already have had their arrangement. And the parents, they are okay with it. So, oh, if Bishop says he's a good girl, it's okay. Because that is an area where it's very difficult for their parents to advise them. Are you with me? Yeah, so if you, as you came around, if you like somebody here, you should tell me. I'll make it work. <laughs> If you like Abigail, let me know. <laughs> yeah, all the brothers will stand, they will stand. Hey, away. <laughs> no, a time is going to come. You see that PKs will be marrying each other. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, it, will, it will be a blessing for some pastor's child to marry another pastor's child. We understand ourselves. And I'm going to marry that guy whose pants, whose pants is down here like that. Who is a waxo. That's the one you like. Pastor's daughter. You like talks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your pastor's daughter. You like talks. 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 Dogs. Oh, talks are dances. Dance talks. <laughs> yeah. No, you'd be very surprised. Some of the people that you would choose if you are allowed to make your own choice. Yeah. No, 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 no. You marry a girl who can't cook. Her nails are from here to the gate. Yeah. And when your father says, oh man, this girl is, oh no, daddy, I love her. You know, when I saw her, my heart jumped from here to this side here. It went to my back and it came back to the same place. Daddy, that's your boy, that's your boy, that's what I want. And daddy can't say much because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to row with you. And, you know, says, all right, you know, all right, my son, if that's what you want. I mean, when you come out, tell you, by you, what's choppiness you there born? <laughs> I am frightened for lose you. You know, you, I'll not even lose you. When you are very friend with people, they like you more. When you are relaxed with them, you get it. So understand, understand that the natural and the spiritual, they are completely different. And if you have a father, mother in ministry, as much as you love them, respect them, and honor them, there are some decisions in ministry that you need another man of God to step in for you. 
Then the second statement was that the word of God is what we are going to use for the day that we are here. In a couple of minutes, we're closing. Everything here, you can challenge it by the word of God. If I use something, I quote a scripture, you think that is wrong, then you should come and take the microphone and be a bishop. <laughs> yeah. So all our discussions is from the word of God. If there's no scripture for what I'm saying, don't take it. You get it? All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable. The New Living Translation is even beautiful. It tells us the wrong. It teaches us the right. I know where Maxwell is. Maxwell is my scripture. You know. So those two main statements I made in the earlier sessions. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And so we move on to talk about the uh, divine heritage. Divine heritage. And we're saying that God has some good things in store for you and it's coming to you because of your parents. You are very different. A lot of people don't have what you have. You get it. And I said there are four scenarios that the inheritance or the heritage um, runs through. The first is the priesthood. Priesthood is number one. The kinship is number two. Prophetic is number three, but that comes through servanthood and then birthright. So we did the priesthood where we looked at Aaron, his sons, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, and then how they misbehaved. Uh, Nadab and Abihu uh, lighted, made a wrong fire, kindled a wrong fire, and God wasn't happy with them. He came to Eli, whose sons were doing bad things in the church, and therefore Samuel came in. So Samuel is a good name to call your child, isn't it? Samuel is a nice name. Samuel is a, one of the greatest prophets in Israel. Then we come to kinship, which is also generational. If your father is a king in the olden days, you are better to also become a king. Isn't it? In 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 15. So you're looking at kinship, which is also a passing on. That heritage passes on. In the world, in the beginning, and it is still so, God channels his presence, his power, through the people he installed as kings. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 15, the Bible says that, Now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be the leader of my people Israel. Remember, the anointing, when we're talking about the priest, he says, anoint Aaron and his sons. Anoint, or I have anointed Aaron and his sons for minutes for the priesthood. So the anointing was not going to go to anybody but the priest. These sons of Aaron were anointed and ordained to minister. This was the only group of people who received the anointing, which is precious, which is God himself and his power. Then when you come here, he's saying that about this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. He says, anoint him to be the leader of my people. Anoint him to be a leader of my people. Anoint him. 
Anoint him. So the anointing does not go to anybody. It goes with the priest, like we've learned in the priesthood. And that anointing flows from the top right down. Children, children's children, children's children's children. Are you, are you, are you with me? Children. So are you a child of a priest? Are you a child of a priest? It means that there's anointing ready for you. And I said, you don't buy anointing from real value supermarket. You don't buy anointing from survival supermarket. You don't buy anointing from Marseille supermarket. Anointing cannot be gotten from any other Chinese supermarket. Anointing is given to a priest. And then the descendants of the priest are in line for the anointing. And so you qualify and you stand in the right place for the oil. And, and that's why it's going to be very unfortunate if you misuse your heritage as a pastor's child in so-called education. Let me show you a scripture. There's a scripture in First John. The Bible says that there are three things that are not of God but of the world. One is the last of the eyes. The second is the last of the flesh. For all that is in the world, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Do you know what it means? It means that in this world, there are things that are around that appears okay and good, but it is not of God. That's why I said that if you pass your exams or if you get a good job, it doesn't mean that God is working with you. Because demons even get good jobs. Witches get good jobs. Wizards get good jobs. If you drive a car, it doesn't mean that God has blessed you because people who are sinners get cars. You go to Akbar, you go to Best Buy, you just pay down. You get a car. There's no Holy Ghost inside. <laughs> but you see that if you don't take care, some of these things or these things will, tell, will make you feel like, yes, God is moving. God has blessed us. My children drive cars. My children are educated. I've built a house. Jesus didn't have a house. You got a house, Lord, to build a house. It doesn't mean that God is with you. Jesus said the Son of Man does not have a place to stay. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. So the Son of Man does not have a place to lay his head. For all that is in the world, all that is in the world, all that is in Guyana, all that is in America, all that is in Canada, it is the last of the flesh. Things that our bodies feel nice to get. I want this dress. I want this wig. I want this shoe. The last of the flesh. I feel like, I feel like. And then the last of the eyes, the things that you behold and you want. And then something called the pride of life. Remember, it's the last of the eyes that deceived Eve. Because he saw the apple and he realized it was good. The, the pride of life is the things in life that people do that makes them feel very good in life. And when you are educated, you feel good in life. When you have a house, you feel good in life. 
When you have a car, you feel good in life. When you have money, you feel good in life. When you, you are promoted at work, you feel good in life. The Bible says, those things are not of the Father. It's not me who's saying it. Though. I mean, I, I drive a car and I feel that I'm blessed. But the Bible says you are not blessed. It's the pride of life. What makes people feel proud in life is these things we see. And Jesus had none of these. Including a wife. Including a wife. He didn't have any of these things that we have and we feel all good. If all of these things were good, Jesus would have been. Jesus never went to school, but he was smarter than the Pharisees. He never went to Bible school, but he, he could cast out devils that the Pharisees couldn't cast out. He never built a house, but he never stayed. He was never homeless. He never married, but he never lacked food and eating nice meals. So all these things are of the world. So let us not channel ourselves so much into the things of the world, thinking that if my father is a pastor and I'm highly educated and I'm a Christian playing keyboard in his church, it is okay. It is not okay. You are wasting anointing. You are wasting anointing because when you are anointed, you are anointed for works. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. How God, everything, I'm I'm quoting from the Bible. I'm quoting from the Bible. If I say anything, African proverb, please correct me. We are using the Bible. So if you say you don't agree with me, it's God you are fighting. Not me. Is it Hebrews 10 38? How God Ask 10 38. Okay. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, because you are always anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went to the University of Guyana to do medicine. <laughs> he went to Carnegie School of Home Economics to do catering. Are you sure? He went to Canada study law. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and with, with, with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went to QC. He went to bishops. Are you sure? When you are anointed, you do good. And the good is to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. If your achievements as a pastor's child is not spiritual exploits, you are wasting anointing. You are wasting anointing. And God will not allow anybody to go scot-free who wastes anointing. We looked at that because Nadab and Abihu wasted the anointing. Hophni and Phinehas, Eli's sons, they wasted the anointing. They wasted their heritage. What was important, they didn't see it as important. And so God judged them. And so pastors' children of today should not think that you can just be anything or anybody and then you are okay. You should be careful. And nobody might easily tell you this. Nobody will tell you this. 
but the PK plus. We will add the plus to your PK. I say, we will add the plus to your PK. Align you with the purposes and the things of God. That's too much high. Can I have some bass? Align you with the purposes of God. Hallelujah. And so, we looked at that. A priest. And then this time now, Saul is going to receive anointing. Anoint, he said, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him. Anoint him to be a leader. He cannot be a leader without anointing. Because there are some things when you see people won't come back to the church anymore. Jethro, if you're a pastor and you're not anointed, you can see some things and the people won't come back. But I see things all the time and people still come back to church. <laughs> but the people love me for the things I say. Yeah. And when I get, I can get very hot. Yeah, and fiery. And I tell the people the things that they've never heard in their lives before. They wonder, what this man, is he okay? I am very okay. <laughs> what kind of man is this? Yeah. And they come back next week. <laughs> yeah. Anoint him to be the leader of my people, Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines. He will do something with anointing. He will not just be anointed and then <laughs> do anything. He will rescue my people. He will save souls. He will save souls. He will save people from the enemy's, enemy's camp. He will rescue them from the Philistines, their enemies. For I have looked down my people in mercy, and I've heard their cry. 17. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. So here, God chooses Saul to be king because the Israelites wanted a king and he anoints him. Just like the priesthood, this anointing now is supposed to flow. It's supposed to flow. We see in 1 Samuel, see in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 7. Verse 7. Something similar to what happened to Eli. Verse 7. The Bible says that some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of God and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. There's something wrong about that. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would. You would. And the Philistines are at Michmash, ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us in Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. 
It's not what you want as a pastor's child. It's what God wants for you. Did you hear that? It is not what you want as a pastor's child. It is what God wants for you. You have not kept the command of the Lord, your, the Lord, your God gave you. If you had done that, he said the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. It means that if you had obeyed, then your son, your son's son, your son's 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 son, they would have been in succession like that, one after the other. After Saul's son, then Saul's son's son, then Saul's son's son, like that. That's what it means. You would have established your kingdom forever over Israel. But verse 14, he says, but now your kingdom must end. It must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. Because it's like, this thing that I gave you, you you are not worthy. Because remember, remember, Saul had a son called Jonathan. So if anything at all, I mean, if you look at Eli, Eli had a problem. Cherry, are you there? Eli had a problem uh, with with, with the priesthood. His sons were, were misbehaving. Eli couldn't correct them. And so the same thing you see here with um, 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 Saul. Saul was disobedient. He was not the prophet. He was not a priest. He was a king. And the king was anointed for, anointed for one reason. The priest was anointed for another reason. He stepped over into the priest role to do what the priest only was supposed to do when he was not supposed to do that. So God was not happy with him. And for that matter, he canceled anybody else who was supposed to be in line to, to, to enjoy the kingdom. Are you there? The Lord, he said, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, not your son. Because what you have done, you know, nobody from your family is going to be king anymore. You have joked with the kinship. You have joked with the kingdom. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Are you keeping the Lord's command? Or you are keeping your own command? Your own command? In chapter 15, verse 22, same first Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Are you enjoying the scriptures? 15, verse 22. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Sometimes you say, Oh, I want to do business and when I get money, I'll help my father in ministry financially. Stop that rough there. Are you God? Joey, are you there? Are you God? God can bring money to the church. God doesn't need you. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, the command of the Lord about priesthood, the command of the Lord about the kinship, about the kingdom, He said, because you have rejected that command, he has also rejected you as king. So like I was saying, you can easily be dead. You can easily be dead in the house of the Lord that you don't even know. God has rejected you for your ways and you are still in the church and you don't even know. Because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has also rejected you as king. As long as you reject what God has given to your parents, that is supposed to fall on you. As long as you reject it, God will also reject you. 
I'm telling you that. There's a whole ministry that we are ignoring in our lives, and which is the ministry of pastor's children. He has rejected you as king. Uh-huh. 24. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now, please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. <laughs> but Samuel replied, I will not go back with you. Your eyes pass me. He said, since you have rejected the Lord's command and he has rejected you as king of Israel, why should I go with you when God has rejected you? <laughs> I don't associate with people, with, with pastor's children who are not interested in ministry. I don't associate with people like that. You have sinned against God. You didn't respect the kingdom that he gave you. I won't go with you. And as Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. Hey! Remember the lady who, told, who held the, the hem of Jesus' garment? She was healed. Look at what happened to this guy. He tore the, what? The hem of his robe. And in verse 28, and someone said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else. One who is better than you. Wow. Wow. Because when the Lord speaks to you, you don't, you don't listen. He said, you, you, so what about what you want? So what about what you like to do? What about what you want to do? What you want to, Charlie, my brother, what you want to do doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Somebody created you and what he wants for you is what is important. To find yourself in the home of a pastor, Charlie, you are so blessed and privileged. You can see people who don't have fathers and mothers as pastors. How they are struggling. How there's no covering. How they don't understand a lot of things. You are so blessed. To, when you woke up, you were a pastor's child. And you still don't understand the blessing. God says, if you say you don't want it, if you don't appreciate it, you give it to someone else. Do you want that? Do you want your heritage to be given to somebody else? Are you sure? But you don't like it. You don't want it. You don't want to be a pastor. You don't want to be an apostle. You don't want to be a prophet. You don't want to be a minister. You're doing something else which you think is right for you. He would take what belongs to you as your heritage and give it to somebody else. That's one of the main things we are, we are, we are, I'm driving across here at this conference. Divine heritage that you have the anointing as your heritage only if you stand in line for it and do what God has called you to do. You see right there, somebody who had a privilege and didn't respect it. In chapter 16 and verse 1, same first Kings, first Samuel, sorry. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. Are you learning something? Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king. Whether you like it or not, I have, he eyes past me. I have rejected him as king of Israel. I put him there. He didn't appreciate it, so I have removed him. So fill your flask with oil 
and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse. Look at it, ladies and gentlemen. The anointing left Saul, and now the anointing is going to some village to look for somebody who was not in the plan at all. Isn't that fantastic? That is why you can never disrespect the call of God upon your life. Because the route that God used to find you who didn't deserve it. The position of whatever you are doing in the house of the Lord. The means that God had to use to find you. That you don't even respect it. One of my pastors uh, sent me a test message. They, they, they are considering they want, they want to resign. I said, bring your resignation letter now. You think pastoral ministry, you, what, we think, you think, you, well, what do you think? What, what do you mean? You think God is your boyfriend? Guys, past people. You have been given a certain great privilege. You don't even understand what it is you are telling me you want to resign. Res- don't tell me, just send me the resignation letter before I even fire you. I should have even fired a person by now. What do you mean? The anointing, look, look. He said, fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find, look for a guy. Ask from house to house. Ask from address to address. Call people and say, do you know Jesse? Where can I find Jesse? Why? Because the guy who was supposed to respect the anointing upon his life to pass it on to Jonathan. You don't have to look for Jonathan. Jonathan is right in the house of his father Saul. Now you have to take that, change that whole course, go into a village, look for somebody. Let's look at the, the extent to which God had to go to choose somebody else because somebody disrespected the anointing in his family. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, you want me to go to Bethlehem? Look for Jesse. He didn't even tell me which one of his sons. One of them. It's, it's so costly. and so precious to be in line for anointing and you refuse it. It is such a great privilege to be chosen by God to have what you have. That's what I tell you about Whitney Houston. All these people that God blessed. Blessed, they started in the church. Great voices. And they are nothing now. They're dead. In her last days, you see her, she was like a, a ghost. Bare skeleton. Just some thin layer of skin over it. A junkie. Nice girl, became a junkie. And the Lord rejects you, that's how it is. That's how it is. So he said, go. Verse 2, he said, but someone asked, how can I do that? You saw hears about it, he will kill me. God said, take a heifer with you, the Lord replied. And say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, which I don't know how long it took him to get there, 
looking for you to call you a pastor and you don't respect it. That's why the song says, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the cross. It's a beautiful song. Light of the world. You stepped out into dark. That's what he did. You opened my eyes and you let me see. And beauty that made this heart adore and hope of a life spent with King of all day, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven above, and humbly you came to the earth you created, all all for love's sake became poor. And so here I am to because of what he went through. That's why I'm here to worship. If only you understand that, that the cost, the price that found you, the, you see, the anointing that entered your house that you don't have an idea about. The ministry that God has called you into, that you are playing and joking with for the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon the cross. I'll never, never, never know. Where are we? He said, go to Bethlehem. Do you, do you, you see, think about it this way. God had to send me here in 2005. This is 17 years ago. So that I'll meet you.
just like he asked Samuel to go to Bethlehem, to Jesse's house. For 17 years, God has been trying his best for Abigail to meet me. 17 years. I don't know what you go through 17 years and you will never remember it. For 17 years, I was poor. I was sick for 17 years. I was in pain for 17 years. 17 years. I've endured abuse. How can you forget 17 years of trouble? How can you forget 17 years? It has taken 17 years for Samuel to find the, the guy in Bethlehem in Jesse's house. Then what do you say after that? Oh. I don't think I'm called to preach. I don't think I'm called to pastor. If I see the problems that my father is going through in the ministry, I don't want to be like my father. You know what you are telling God? It's joke you're making. Because when the Israelites said they want a king, it was never in God's plan to, to, to raise a physical king. Then he, so this guy, the son of Kish, saw he was looking for his father's donkeys. The guy was just going about his business. When the prophet Samuel made him, anointed him as king, Supposed to, I mean, it was not, it was not the plan. Then, when God speaks to him, he doesn't listen. When God tells him, Do this, then he does something else. When someone says, Don't do this, then he does something else. Then, God said, when, when someone is talking to him, he's going to hold his, his clothes and try to say, But hey, loose. Most of the time, we don't know the extent to which things have gone for you to be where you are. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. Hey, someone has come. There's trouble here. The man of God has traveled all the way from where? Uh, quarantine? From Ghana? From Europe? He has come to Guyana. People are not sensitive. Apostle and I were, Apostle were talking to me about that. People are not sensitive. You see, when people saw Samuel in Bethlehem, all antennas went up. Because if this guy is moving, there's something about it. It cannot be he was, someone was so established as a prophet that anytime you see him anywhere, there must be a reason why he's coming. And it's a very serious business. You see a banner? Pastor's children, uh, Pastor's Kids Unlimited Conference. <sighs> you are sleeping. Someone is even asking, should, should I go? Do you, are you going? Should I go? My, my secretary was added to a pastor's uh, kids' uh, WhatsApp platform. And they asked her to explain what this whole thing is about. So she wrote a whole book and posted it on WhatsApp platform. One of them told her that all oh, the long, long things wasn't necessary. What is this? What's, what's the whole thing about? I said, wow. That's how people stay in their poverty. 
That's why people stay in their corruption. That's why people stay in their state because they can't smell. You see, one of the things that Jesus said in the book of, in the New Testament is that he said, he wept over Jerusalem and he said that, oh, how I wish would I, I would have gathered you like a, a hen gathers its, its chicks. I said, but you didn't. He said, you didn't. You didn't see me. And he said that you cannot, you will not see me anymore until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. People, you see, people just look at things on the surface and they just make an assessment and analysis and everything. They are not spiritual. I'm telling you, people are not spiritual. If you see pastor's kids conference coming on in a place, it doesn't matter who is doing it. It doesn't matter where it's happening. You have a plan for your child. You t- just like this man of God has driven his children here from all the way from the East Coast. He says he was even just coming to drop them and go and, because he has outreach. He's already geared up for outreach. He said, no, he just felt like I should stay. That's why it's so precious. Because someone arrives in a place and people don't know. When I started, is he, well, well, I am like Moses. God, God spoke to me and I, and I know I, I, I connect it now. He's, God told me that as he spoke to Moses, so he will speak to me. And when I tell people that God speaks to me by text message, and people are teasing me. Well, it's not you he talks to, it's me. I don't even have to tell you. And mo- almost all the things he has spoken to me about the text message comes. The way God speaks to me now is very fantastic. I'm telling you. I'm so blessed. You get it? I'm so blessed. When I came 2006, I organized March for Jesus. I don't know where you were. You're probably a little boy with a buck talk going to primary school. <laughs> 2006, we organized March for Jesus. <laughs> Jethro, uh, how old were you in 2006? <laughs> Jethro is smiling. <laughs> yeah, 2006. I, I, when I came to Guyana, Paul, when I came to Guyana, if you know my background, you understand me. Guyana is very cold. You see, church, church, if you want to see church, you should go to Africa. I was telling some ministers uh, I met there that I said, when you get to the airport of, of, of Ghana, you will not drive out and you see a huge poster, a huge uh, uh, um, signboard. And you see Pastor Jethro Warner and this ministry welcomes you to Ghana. You see your dad's picture there smiling, fancy dress and smiling. You cannot move a hundred feet in Ghana and not see a church signboard. And not small, big. Just as you see GTNT signboard, so are church signboards in Ghana. Do you see any church signboard around? Even the church that you go to, there's no signboard. So when I came, I said, I wanted, when I was doing programs, I wanted to put, you see, when I was pastoring here, <laughs> I was a, <laughs> I, I, we used to do a cloth banner. When I saw this disco and this dance jam, white, white banners around, I said, ah. So how come when I'm doing a, a, a convention, I don't, these people are doing, I should also do that. So I started doing it, I was putting it outside on the cemetery road, the, the next, Liana's nursery school. I started putting it on their fence. When we go, the HM and us, we had an oral agreement. Anytime we had a program, 
a banner will be on a fence. We started that. It is when I left here that we stopped. It's, it's actually face, uh, social media that has uh, stopped those things. But there are a lot of people who are not on social media, so we should be doing those things still. Signboard day. Because I felt like I was in a very cold place. You can't feel the church. You can't smell the church. When you see a church, you have to look twice to see if it's a church. When you see a mosque, it's so clear. When you see a Hindu temple, the snake that is on it is so clear. When you see a church, even this church here, when you see it, you will not even know that it's a church. I think we have come to join the spirit that is here, Raphael. <laughs> if you see this building, you are walking around, you don't see anything that is a church around it. But let's put a big cross in front or something. Yeah, you should put a big cross in front here. Yeah, and even right on the building, Chapel House International or something. The church for you or something. I'm talking about a kinship. It's an anointed place. I'm talking about divine heritage. And that when you are chosen as king, it costs so much and there's so much in it that you dare not misuse it. It applies to you as a pastor's child because your father, the Bible says, we are a royal priesthood. Royalty. Samuel, please go back. When he arrived at Bethlehem, somehow the people found that the plane had landed. The elders of the town came trembling to meet him. You see, in Bible days, there were elders of a town. People just couldn't just be around and do anything. There were elders like Tushaus. There were Tushaus. You can't just go to uh, uh, Anai in Region 9 without the Tushau knowing. The elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? They asked. Do you come in peace? Because if Samuel has come by air to land in this place, something, got him, something is wrong. Yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took um, one look at Eliab and thought, surely, (laughs) surely, This is the Lord's anointed. All the way from Gilgal to Bethlehem, Jesse's house, it's still even very difficult to find who qualifies for the selection. So when he saw Eliab, he said, yes, got to be he. Because the way Eliab was dressed, you know there are some people who, who deserve to be kings. There's not, it's not every stature, physical stature that, that qualifies for kingship, you know. I mean, with all due respect to short people, you can't be short and be a king. Yeah, the, the, the appearance of a king should, should bring something. So, if you're not of a certain height, a certain, you know, you, you can't be king. So when Samuel saw Eliab, because that's how Saul was chosen. Saul was a very big guy. 
So when Samuel saw Eliab, he felt that, okay, if Saul was like this, then Eliab looks a little closer to him. There must be him. So the next verse says, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance. Rend your, rend your heart, not your garment. No? <laughs> don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. So look at the layers that God is flipping to find you. Liz, he's picking layers. He's pushing everybody aside, pushing this person aside. Find, go to Bethlehem, find Jesse, Eliab. He said, it's not Eliab. They said, okay, so who? Remove all the Macarius. He's looking for it. He said, no. He said, no. Why are you looking at this? It's not there. That's the extent to which God has gone to locate your parents. And for you to be part of that heritage. That's why if you are spiritual, you respect men of God. No matter who they are. If they are on your side or not your side, you still respect them. That's what David said. I will not touch the Lord's anointed. As much as God has rejected him. It it, it took something for God to choose him. And I will not disrespect the whole process. He said the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. I'm telling you. Even as you are here. I'm serious, you know. If you like a pastor's child here, please tell me. I'll link you up. We're linking. GTNT, we're linking. Well, that's true. Who, who do you want to marry our children? Shiniza. What I'm saying here is, is, is uh, it's true. If you see, I mean, Abigail is a very nice girl. If you look at her, she has, she has brothers. Means that the brothers are very, Abigail, are you there? Looks at like the brothers are very careful about her. If you go around her, if you don't take it, they will beat you, you know? So, they said, look at Paul. <laughs> You know, so there has been a certain protection over her life. Now, if you get a woman like that from a very priesthood family, ah, what more do you want? I say, what more do you want? So I'm serious. A time is going to come. We're going to have weddings. Your father will come. His father will come. And I will officiate the marriage. Because I'm your pastor, not them. I'm your pastor. <laughs> yeah, man. It's going to be one of the benefits of this group. Why shouldn't a Warner marry a, 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 a June? Why does a June marry a Warner? Or a MacPherson? Yeah. Or, or an Adams? Yeah, why shouldn't? Why shouldn't some Asefwa marry some Adams? Instead of Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Mary? <laughs> we are killing all the animals today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why shouldn't a Spencer marry somebody? You see how then people say, hmm, them pastor's children, they get, you know, they get the favorites, man. Yeah, I'm the church where you go, it's them pastor's children. And so what? Who vex loose? Because if, if, they were to, if they were to thief and go to jail, you see, hmm, them pastors, they're devils than the demon himself. They are demons than the demons themselves. That's what people will say. So why shouldn't we, why shouldn't we cover them and protect them and give them the best? 
I'll be glad to go to a wedding of a Macpherson to an Adams or a Macpherson to a June or a Macpherson to a Sp- I'll wear my bishop thing, my mitre. I'll wear and carry my stuff like that. And I'll, you follow me and carry my, I will come to them. Even if I'm preaching or I'm not official, I'll come and sit down with my bishopric garments. As I've come to support you. I'll pay for your honeymoon for you. You can go and have sex in Barbados. Why not? On the beach side. Drinking coconut water. Yeah, the blue waters. Yeah, oh, I'll pay for your honeymoon for you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, send me pictures. Send me video recordings of the praise and worship sessions. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> send me a video yeah. I don't see what people see as accomplishment but I will see and I'll be fulfilled when I see a PK this movement we start to even marry one another yes. people are going to be jealous of. you see a time is coming to join you pay registration fee because when we started, they didn't want to come. When they see how we go for dinner and we dress up. And they call and say, how do I join the PK Plus? It's $20,000. <laughs> yeah. And then by recommendation, you have to quote 20 scriptures to show that you are a real PK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When it was free, you didn't come. Now that you see that we enjoy ourselves, we put you pictures on Facebook and all them thing. You enjoy? It's fifty thousand. <laughs> Your father will pay. <laughs> Hallelujah, ladies and gentlemen. The heritage is unique. The heritage is unique. Divine heritage. He said the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, I've been up to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. He's looking. That, that's, how he, that, that's how you were chosen. That's how you were chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemir. But someone said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. Three people in your family. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But someone said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then someone asked, are these all all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. He's out in the fields. I didn't bother Kali because he did far, 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 far. Watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Think about it. How long do you think it took for them to find David and bring him from the forest? 30 minutes? If you do Psalm 23... And then you'll see that he leads me, makes me lie down in green pastures. Where the green pastures are, you go through the valley of the shadow of death to go up 
when he prepares a table before me, if you read how farmers, the shepherds do this, they take them far. And then it's on top of a hill. That's why the grass are green and very nutritious. That is where the shepherds causes the sheep to lie down. So for uh, um, David to be feeding the sheep in the field, brother, there was no bus, bus 47 there. There was no, there was no uh, uh, what, East Coast. No, there was no care. So somebody had to run. He said, we will not sit down to eat until he arrives. It wasn't one hour. It wasn't two hours. Verse 12. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome. You see, Jesse sent for him. And that's the end of the Bible. Because the Bible is not going to go and say, oh, they sent for him. It took three days before he came. When he came, he was so tired. He, he, you know, he wanted to look at him, how he went out. We don't even know what happened to the sheep. Did he bring the sheep? Did he leave the sheep with somebody? Was there anybody to leave the sheep with? What happened? There was so much information that the Bible just did not care to go into. Which when you read the Bible, you can easily not also go into. He, Jesse sent for him. Simple. Car, train, plane, bus ticket. 2000, nothing. He was dark and handsome. Mm. Your husband is going to be handsome. Dark and handsome. Yeah. Korean, receive a Korean husband. <laughs> he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. Have you seen a man with beautiful eyes before? Wow. Mm. And the Lord said, this is the one anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, there was, you see, now they have it, so it's not even spiritual anymore. When, how Putin is fighting Ukraine, if they want to hit the president's office, all they need is the Google, the coordinates. Once they get the coordinates, they put it in their radar, and they push send. You go straight into the president's office and land right there. In Ghana, many years ago, in the northern part of Ghana, there were two tribes that were at war. The Kokumbas and the Nonumbas. We heard for the first time in our life how cutlasses were used as missiles. They would throw something like that with a stick, like uh, these ninja things. And then they'll be chanting and saying something behind it. It will not land until it hits somebody and kills them. I hear that sometimes it even follows you. If you turn, it can follow and go behind you. And there was no coordinates and there was no radar. Look at the extent to which God has gone to find some little chap who was the number eight, who was, who was, who was not important, who was not even considered. When they were brought for the purification process, his father, Jesse, even forget that he existed. Just like sweetheart is here, 10 years old. He said she won't stay home. How is everybody going and she, 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 she stay home? She stay home. And I agree with her. She shouldn't stay home. <laughs> Why should she stay home? Yeah, yeah, it's good. She can't, she even sleep. It's okay. It's all right if she sleeps. Maybe if you feel sleepy, you can lie on a chair and sleep. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> That's how far God went to find and locate your parents. And therefore, to locate your family as one of the most important families around. The warners. It's a unique family. A lot of children. A wonderful father as a pastor. Nice, nice family. Quiet in the corner there. 
Your father says he doesn't like to mingle. Your father gave me an offering when he came to the conference. First person to do that. He came in canal number two. He sat in the conference. He saw the structure. He came to give an offering. He whispered to my ears that he wants to give me money. I said, wow. After the service, he asked me for my details. Your father sent us the money. He said he doesn't give money just anyhow. When he came to see what is there, he said, bye. Somebody's using money properly. So I want to support what's going on. Pastor Warner, yeah. Give us a, a good amount of money. God bless him for that. We owe each other lunch. We promised each other we'll have lunch, but he calls, I calls. When he called me, I was a Madia trail. It was difficult to answer no, all kinds of things. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. We'll have the lunch. Don't worry. Tell him we'll have a beautiful lunch. You, you can't come. It's just me and daddy only. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one anointing him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil. How jealous a sight. How do you think the brothers were feeling? When they all proudly went before Samuel, thinking that they were the one, and Samuel said, nah. You want no tag here? Nah. Don't stop or tag. Don't stop. You got to say, Rogo, Eliab. Nah. Nah. When David came, it's like, this little boy took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Now you see here, it passed Jonathan. Because of Saul, the anointing passed Jonathan. Jonathan, may you not miss the anointing in Jesus' name. I can't miss it. Then David came in. And because of time, I don't want to read it, but then David came in and then God said he was happy with David and so he was going to establish. And since David, God has established David's throne forever. Solomon became king. All the sons of David, except the ones who didn't please God, God established the throne of David forever. That was a promise and he couldn't change it. Saul didn't get that with his son. But David got that. His children followed him for generations. So that's the kinship. The prophetic, you have Elijah and Elisha, and you have Moses and Joshua. These are examples. I don't want to go into the scriptures, you know, another conference we can probably continue or something like that. Of how Elijah from nowhere met Elisha, and Elisha stepped in his room. So the prophetic comes by service. The, 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 the Divine heritage on the prophetic anointing on prophets. You can only get it or you can be included in it if you are a servant, not necessarily a son. And then, of course, you have the birthright Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Esau. So let's read that. That'll be our final um, touch and then we are closing. Genesis chapter 25, verse 19. I hope you are following. Have you learned something? Even some of you are sleeping. 
I know it's niggeritis. If I didn't give you anything, you say, what? We went to the place, we didn't get nothing for eat? Uh, hungry belly church. I know when you eat with this hot sun, you sleep. <laughs> Beautiful. So, this is the birthright. In the, in the history of the Israelites, there was this covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, that will pass on from Abraham to son, to son, to son. All right, so as long as you are the first son, you qualify for that heritage. And so Abraham was the first one that God made a covenant with. He established it with Isaac. Even though Isaac wasn't around, Ishmael was coming to the picture. God said, Mm-mm. it is going from son, father to son. As much as Ishmael is your son, he's not the son of your wife. The, the, the wife that you married is not her son. So Isaac came in because God chose, God said, Sarah who's going to give birth and you're going to be anointed by that. So when you get to Genesis chapter 25, verse 19, the Bible says this is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah. He was 40 when he got married. So if you are not 40, don't cry. All right? So when you are 28 and you're crying for marriage, don't worry. Life begins at 40. <laughs> So Isaac was 40 years old. He married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padanaram, and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. In verse 21, Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer. And Rebekah became pregnant with twins. Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? She asked. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. From the beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other. And your older son will serve your younger son. Your, your older son will serve your younger son, which is not normal. So, like, Paul is going to serve Jethro. No, it's Jethro who should serve his senior brother. <laughs> Abigail is laughing. It is not possible that the big one has to serve the younger. No, 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 no. But God prophetically is saying here that the older will serve the younger, which means that something is, something is not, something is all right. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she had she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fair coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heels. <laughs> he was hungry. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Whoa. The man was powerful at the age of 60. <laughs> yeah. 20 years difference. Who said you can't marry somebody who's 20 years younger than you? Yeah, love is blind. <laughs> Age is numbers. <laughs> and the boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoors man. But Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. 
Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild meat Esau brought home. But Rebekah loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means he liked red meat, red woman, red meat. <laughs> Esau liked red woman. That's how he got his name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Are you here? There's a heritage. There's a heritage. And somebody is dying for that heritage you have. And you have it. I don't even know the use. All right, Jacob replied. But trade me your rights as a firstborn son. And then he goes on, look, I'm dying of starvation. Esau said, what good is my birthright to me now? What is the use? My father is a pastor. It doesn't mean anything. Like Apostle was telling us, he said, Somebody said, my, my father is a pastor. I said, no, no, I have to work for my own money. I don't care if my father is a pastor. I have to work for my own money. Number one, he was going to work instead of enjoying. Number two, he wants his own money instead of his father's anointing, his father's money. <laughs> you try that, how you suffer. You see how you suffer plenty. You suffer bad. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? So, so remember, it is the birthright that has even brought the Israelis and the Palestinians up to a day like today. There's no peace among them. Because Ishmael, who is the head and the father of Islam, is maintaining that he is Abraham's firstborn son and Jerusalem is his capital. Then Isaac is saying, yes, you are Abraham's firstborn son, but you came out of an illegitimate relationship. I am the firstborn son from a legitimate relationship. So the inheritance is mine. That's why Jews and Palestinians are at odd loggerheads up to today. It is because of a birthright, because the birthright gives you access to the covenant of Abraham. It gives you access to the anointing. It gives you access to the father of faith. You are Abraham's child. You are part of the descendants of Abraham. God said he will bless it. God said anybody who bless Abraham is blessed. Anybody who curse Abraham is cursed. And so if you have that birthright in the lineage of Abraham, you are also special. Ishmael and Isaac fought on it up to today. Then Esau says, I'm hungry. I'm struggling with lust. When, I'm, when my, my body wants it, I should give it to it. And people do that. What's the use of my What's anointing? 
Yeah, nice girl, red girl. She liked me, I liked she. Oh, you there, Just one round, just one time, one, 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 one nice stand, and I go. Let me see how it feels. Touch and go. Anybody who says that, what, what good is my birthright to me now? You don't deserve to be blessed by God. Anybody who says that, my father is a pastor and so what? You don't deserve to even be in the house. You should die and go somewhere. Because of what he said, he lost it. For food. Some of you behave bad when you're hungry. <laughs> you don't talk to anybody. You don't hear anything. You're head hurting. You want sleep. All kind of things, uh, your, your, your body goes into relapse because there's no food. But Jacob said, First, you must swear that... Is it Jacob is smart, though? He knew the cost of anointing. He said, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So, Esau also, hungry belly, he says, I swear. So, Esau swear an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentils chew to seal the, to seal the covenant. If you've made the oath, then let's celebrate with the stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. King James, same verse. He showed contempt. And went his way thus. Esau despised his birthright. He despised who he is. He despised who he was. He didn't want to be associated with the warners. He didn't want to have the MacPherson's title. He wanted to be another person in another family doing his own thing. Because that's what he wanted. What is birthright? What is this thing about pastor? Every day church, every day church. You don't want, they don't even want you to sleep. 5 a.m. they say morning devotion. Can you not allow us to sleep a little bit? I just want to move out of this house and, and, and be free. I can't wait till I'm 18 and move out. Then a dance talk comes around. I like him. I like him. Leave me in. Let me do whatever I want to do. It's my life. I can't live without him. He's my everything. Because, because the, you despise your birthright of growing up in church. You know, you got to sweep the church. Even daddy's preaching, you don't even understand. But you can't sleep because when you go home, he's going to pull you up. And if you don't take some of you, as much as you are pastor's children, church will be boring to you. That's why I say you should find another pastor. Your father will not be your pastor. If you take your father as a pastor, you, you miss it. Because at the point you go to church, even if you don't like to go. Because it's like, you can't live in this house and not go to church. Who dare you? you how can you sleep? And then we are going to church, you are sleeping. No. Not in a MacPherson house. All of us are going. And now Sister Simone will not let you stay in the house. <laughs> even if Daddy will let you stay. 
not Sister Simone, over her dead body. <laughs> yeah. So you can easily grow up. Uh, I want to sleep. Can I not sleep today? Oh, daddy. Uh, daddy, I could sleep today. I'm tired. I'm feeling so good. My head hot. I get me monthly and my belly hot in bar. Take paracetamol. Let's go. It's not a pain. You're looking for an excuse to stay home. Because that birthright that makes you unique, you don't respect it. You don't regard it. So now, we don't say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Esau, That is how we're supposed to say it. Now we say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jacob found himself in the right place because he respected the fact that he was a pastor's kid. He respected, he cherished it. I remember my son going to school. One day he came to me and he said that um, I think his pants was a little bigger than normal. Now these boys will take in their pants, fine. They have to use rubber to put on their pants or take it off. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, as a pastor's kid, you know, he, 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 you know those things, we, we are not done stock, right? So, he, he came on, he told me that uh, people say he's a church boy. Because his pants is, pants is not even big, you know. I mean, it's normal size. That's how the manufacturers made them. But because everybody has gone to take their pants in, you look different. They call him church boy. Even the shoes I bought for him. One day I realized that he was not wearing the shoes again. I'm sure they were calling him something. So he couldn't tell me. That, so he had to just change. Another one that I bought for him, he had to use that one for school. Church shoes. Why you bring church shoes here? (laughs) If you don't take care, you say, you know what? I don't want this thing anymore. I don't like this. I don't want this. I don't. There's a girl who married in our church. She said, uh, said, Pastor, growing up, I had to share everything with people. Now that I'm married and my own woman, I can't have anything of my own. I don't like this marriage. Because I thought marrying would give me my own kitchen, would give me my own utensils, would give me my own this. But I've married and I still don't have anything. He said, Pastor, I don't like this marriage. So you grow up in a certain way and you despise how you came up. And so if we are going to be pastors, kids unlimited or PK plus, this is the foundation of our relationship. Everything we are going to do from today is going to be based on the fact that we are not going to disrespect the priesthood. We are not going to disrespect the kingdom, the kinship that exists in our families. We are neither going to disrespect the birthright that has brought us forward. 
to be chosen by God. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet, please. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's Word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.